This show, like all shows on the All Ports Open Network, is brought to you by Patreon supporters like you. If you'd like to help us keep making content about games and gaming, please head over to www.patreon.com slash allportsopen. Supporters will soon have early access to podcasts like Apon Plays and other upcoming series. And if you are already a Patreon supporter, we'd like to say thank you for your support. the pvp 10 podcast the flagship podcast of the all ports open network this is episode number 55 for monday april 1st 2019 i'm your host joshua wise and with me as always athene skivy hi how are you i'm doing well how are you i'm also doing well great fascinating also (laughs) with us mr christopher sumsky well hello there internet I assume it's Christopher. We've never talked about this. It is. Okay. But only my mother calls me that. It's like a Christian. Mostly when she's angry. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Irish and Polish. Okay. Named after every saint they could. Yes, that's fair. Um, How are you, sir? Oh, well, you know, it's it's a beautiful Sunday. Yeah. Can't complain about it. Uh, I'll be real honest. I would rather warm and rainy than uh, cold and sunny. No. No? No, no. I I like the sunshine. If to well to be quite honest to me, fifty degrees is like fine temperature weather. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, fifty is fine, uh, but I'd rather this than like thirty and sunny. Yes, okay, I can. I, I will agree with you there. I will concede to your point. Superior of, point. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I pass the remaining time to my challenger. Just, just uh, let's just discuss weather. This is the weather episode of. The PDP Town podcast. I've already tuned you guys out. Great. Um, <laughs> well, that's that's bad because we're going to turn immediately to you, Athena. You've been off while Chris and I have been just sort of resting on our geek laurels. You've been out conquering geekdom. Um, <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. Geek-land. Aren't you proud of me, Mom? Um, so you've been off doing things. Yes, you can call it that. Like, <laughs> like what? Well, last weekend I was at Zenkaikon, which is a fairly big anime convention up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Okay. I went there last year, so this was my second year. I went with my brother. We Are have... the Amish getting real deep into like cosplay? Is that what's happening? <laughs> the Amish? Yeah. The biggest yeah. consumer of hentai in the US. Wow. And yes, that is allegedly <laughs> a fact. Allegedly a fact. <laughs> no, I did not see any Amish people at the con. Okay. I was stuck behind a few horse-drawn carriages while trying to get to it, though. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. I stayed at a really nice bed and breakfast once in Lancaster, and um, it would have been my favorite bed and breakfast ever. Like, it was this beautiful room. It had, uh, like, it opened out to a very nice backyard area right off of the bedroom. And it, um, like, the common room had puzzles and games and all sorts of things. And the breakfast was amazing. All of it was fantastic, except that during the breakfast, 
the owner of the bed and breakfast basically did kind of like a 20 minute stand-up routine but about his cookbooks <laughs> so and like every other bed and breakfast i've ever been at everybody sits at a common table but this was set up like a small cafe where everybody sat at their own table and you couldn't talk because he was monopolizing every second of the breakfast meal which and was amazing but still like forcing you to listen to a shitty stand yeah as he tried to like sell you all of his cookbooks um <laughs> yeah it was i i didn't buy one on principle at that point <laughs> oh my god um so how was so how was the con oh uh, we had a lot of fun uh i cosplayed for a couple of the days what did you cosplay as you probably wouldn't know about that Wow, maybe one of our <laughs> listeners might. Yes, one of the one of one of our many listeners who enjoy anime. You shouldn't shit on them just because the two uh, other people here have no idea what you're talking about. Well, um, the first day I was dressed as Cheeto from Girls Last Tour. Oh, of course, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love Cheetos. Yes, I don't eat them. Flaming hot, of, yeah, my fave because of the low carb thing. But yeah. like, oh, I love a Cheeto. So it was just like a giant orange costume. Yes. Okay, that's cool. No, yeah. actually, it's like... <laughs> like, as if we didn't know no. what Cheetos were. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I didn't gain this weight through not eating Cheetos. Yeah, what? <sighs> the problem with that cosplay was that, like, she's wearing a winter coat. Okay. I was wearing a winter coat through the entire day, and I was dying. Mm. I was like, I see why... People wear slutty cosplay outfits now. Because it's, it's really warm in there. I see. Yeah, I'm looking at Cheeto here. And yeah, she's wearing like a helmet and a coat. Um, yeah, because it's set in a post-apocalyptic war-torn world. Yeah, I mean, she looks like a soldier in a cold area. Yes. Okay. And you were in Lancaster indoors. Yes. And I, I kept drinking water thinking I was going to die. And no one knew who I was, even there. And I was really sad because it's very niche. Uh-huh. That's man, is there a is there a video game of this of this anime? Because I think I would play it. Not that I know of. It's okay. very recent. It came out last two seasons ago. So um, here's okay, so I'm gonna admit my my prejudice here. When you said girls last tour and you said you dressed up as this character from this anime. Mm-hmm. I just assumed it was a pop star. Yeah. Like, I just assumed that it was like, oh, this girl band is going on a tour and it's their last one. But no, this is like World War One style, like... <laughs> that like, kind of tour. That kind of tour. Yes. Yep. Well, shame on me, I suppose. Well, the funny thing is the next day I just did dress up as a idol. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> you should have waited. I guess I, yeah. I, I mean, I do, I, like, I know some... Anime. I know not. I know nothing. <laughs> so I know that pop stars are a big thing yes. in in it. Um, but yeah, so foolish of me. So who, was it a specific idol? Yes, uh, it's from Love Live, and that is very big in Japan. Okay, which 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 character? Katori. So I'm just gonna Love Live Katori yes. with a K. Yeah, yes. there are no C's in Japanese. I, I knew. Learned something new today. Yeah, no, it's uh like it's a hard K like Kaki Koku. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Um oh yeah, okay. So you you did did you do the 
Well, I mean, she has so many outfits here. She has so. a gazillion. Oh, uh, yeah. I was dressed in her cop couture outfit. She's going to put it. She does not outfit. look very menacing in it. Like, she's going to arrest you, but it's adorable. I would let her, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking at that. And that is, uh, that looks like a society, if all of our cops looked like that, I feel like we would just live in a more peaceful society. Or we just break more laws. It's like, oh no, arrest yeah, me now. Yeah, but they would be cute laws. Like, you don't want her looking at you going like, what a scumbag. Unless I guess that's your well, thing. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> Whatever turns you on. Whatever floats yeah. your boat. I guess. Um, yeah, so, uh, cool. Um, I don't, I've never cosplayed. No. Like, there's Halloween. Yes. <laughs> then uh, technically, yes, then I have. Right, sure. Um, I would love to go to Japan for Halloween. Apparently, they oh, do okay. Halloween so big. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised. That's... I can imagine, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then you went to something else, though, didn't you? Like, yes, you went to something yesterday. yesterday. That was, again, Love Live um, related. So, Love Live mm-hmm. is an anime. And it's about these nine high school girls who want to save their school, which isn't popular, so it's not getting any kids trying to go to it. Okay. By becoming school idols. And it's a very popular show, and their voice actresses actually put on live performances performing those songs. And those are super popular. Like, if you see online, like, their live performances, there's, like, so many people there. Um, And those are recorded. And there are diehard fans over here, and me and my brother are part of them who chipped in and rented a room at a theater to watch one of those performances. The recorded performances? Yes. I see. So you, okay. (laughs) I just want to clarify, because Chris tried to explain this to me last night, and I, it was not clear to me what was happening. I, yeah, I... (laughs) (laughs) So, so you have a, you have an anime about uh, a girl group, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the and of course the people who are playing these people can really sing because yes. if they couldn't that would be a crap anime <laughs> yes um, so they get together to do performances and those get recorded and then people in America because we don't have access to those performances live mm-hmm. pay at times to go into a theater and watch them yes. live okay yes. well not live but like the recording of it yes okay it would be, I guess it would be like if I lived in a place where, uh, let's say, Rocky Horror, there were no yes. performances of Rocky Horror, right? And I was like, I love that. And so, but we want the theater experience. We want to all get together and have this experience together. So let's rent a theater out and watch a recording. Or say you were like, had a real deep hankering for Margaritaville and somebody recorded Jimmy Buffett, but right. you were in Russia. Right, and, and you Jimmy and all Buffett your Russian friends, yeah, it does not go. It does not go. I'm guessing Jimmy Buffett tries to stay where it's warm. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but you, you, you have a deep right draw you're, toward Margaritaville. Uh, yeah. yeah, up, yeah, the parrot heads of Siberia. Oh, get man. together and rent that one theater. I want to say that should be the ruples. name of something. The parrot, he- the parrot the heads, heads of, of Siberia. Siberia. Yeah. yeah. That'll be my knockoff Jimmy Buffett kind of Right, group. yes. Uh-huh. And they rent that theater to watch Jimmy Buffett and their winter coats and World War One hats to stay warm. Right, yes, exactly. And, and, <laughs> They're and drink, all and, just playing cosplay. And, but there they drink warm margaritas because uh-huh. 
frozen margaritas just can't happen. Right. It's just a room full of people cosplaying Cheeto. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this one was a very special one. Okay. Because it was their last live that they ever performed because that group has disbanded now because the the anime ended. Now they have a second group with new girls. But these ladies were getting too old to be idols. They were getting in their 30s. Oh, no. I was about to say, what are they, 22 or something? (laughs) Um, and this happened like years ago, but anyway, people were so excited and it was five hours long. Wow. No joke. We were in that theater for five hours. I was dying. How much does a ticket to something like that cost? Uh, Well, it didn't matter how many people went. We had to get over $2,000, I think, for it to happen. I see. And my brother was like one of the first backers. I don't know how much he paid for both. So was it like a Kickstarter to make it happen or um, no? Not a Kickstarter because we're just in a Discord group. Oh, okay. Uh, but there are like some really diehard fans. Like we had one guy drive from Boston. Oh, wow. morning to Morristown, New Jersey. Was it Morristown? No, no, Morristown. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it was somewhere in... Somewhere in New Jersey. Mans... Mansville? Mansville, I think is what you told I drove me. there yesterday and I and can't you don't, remember. And you've already erased it from your memory? <laughs> you must have had a great time. Yeah. It, yes. I man. mean, New Jersey's not that bad. Jeez. It's, there's a it's, lot of towns in New Jersey. Yeah. A lot of man something in New Jersey. Jersey like Mansfield, Mansville. Those Mans, two. Mansburg. <laughs> I just make them Mansburg all. in New Jersey. Manstown. <laughs> Um, and we also had one guy uh, fly Mantua. in. From, Man's Falls. Oh Mantua is actually really? a place in New Jersey. <laughs> yep. Manitucket. No, Manahawken, though, is... Manahawken. You, you're, you make, you're making them up. They actually exist. My favorite place is Tuckahoe. <laughs> Tuckahoe? Sure, yeah. Like, you, wanna, you, got, you have your hoe out in front. You want to tuck that away? Manstream. <laughs> What's that? Manstream. Uh, you're just now <laughs> taking features of... Of the earth and just putting the word man in front of them. Man's hills. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so uh, so was it worth it? Yeah. No, yeah, it was great. I mean, I... Your brother might actually listen to this, so yes. be truthful. You loved it. I loved it, Andreas. <laughs> wow. That's... <laughs> okay. I didn't sense the sarcasm at all. Um, I, I do enjoy them. It's... A- not for five hours. For a few of them, I, uh-huh. I jumped up with my light stick and I did the routines because we're all jump. I need to show you guys videos. Yeah, I have it them sounds on like my it. Phone. It sounds like you could put so it on the understand. internet. Uh-huh. Actually, you're not allowed. Oh. That is not a thing you're supposed to do. Not even take videos. But I took some for personal use. To shoot. Oh, just for personal just use. use. Just to explain to people what uh-huh. it actually is. Like, I'm not going to post them. Gotcha. Cool. Um, uh, well, uh, Athena Scavey, our, uh, con reporter on the street, um, uh, thank you for your reports. Um, Chris, have you dressed up as anything recently? A functional adult. Well, um. (laughs) Are you sure about that? Uh, It wasn't a good costume. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, great. So, um, well, we're going to follow that up with, with. This week is a news episode. Uh, so why don't we start, let's see, Chris, why don't you start here and then um, and then I'll go and then Athena can go because she's talked for so long. Yeah. It's just... um, oh, boo. 
so Chris, why don't you kick us off with a news story that interested you from this past week? I'll go with uh, something simple and stupid, which I'm sure <laughs> a lot of people have gotten into uh, gaming initially when they were in college. And they might have uh, been imbibing in some uh, liquor at some point. Basically, uh, another wonderful Kickstarter here on Tabletop yeah. Gaming News called Beer Bash. It's basically like uh, it's a little hex-based uh, scheme where you're block uh, you're knocking out like little pieces of plastic ice and trying to stop the beer bottle from tipping over. It's a skill-based game that will require you to drink at certain points, and you know you're just going to be a hot mess by the end of it. So. It's a nice little uh, add-on because some people that just drink to drink, it's kind of boring. So you have to add a little bit of competition. I mean, I know me personally, I enjoy competition in pretty much everything. So this adds a it's a, it's a little flavor, a little bit something different than uh, you know, flip over a card and it's like, okay, now you got to drink. Why? Well, it's, it's that it's uh-huh. nine drink for nine seconds now. Oh, okay. Why? That's because that's the rule that I just made up. Uh-huh. No drink. This at least, it's, I mean, you could technically just play this game as a normal person as well. But I, I figure I'd go with some uh, some little schlocky thing for the few listeners that we have that are of uh, a drinking game connoisseurs, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I saw this when I was looking at things, and I thought, hmm, that... I'm not a drinker. Yes, I'm not uh, a, a a wine biber. A uh, I can't think of other old timey uh, in, insults for um, <laughs> a drunk. You're, you don't drink. So Ben uh, Ben from the No Avatars Allowed podcast and formerly of this podcast likes he's a he's a vegetarian and and is largely vegan at home. And he likes to refer to people who eat meat as blood mouths. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, like, I'm not like a like a liquor mouth. <laughs> ah, okay. I was, um, <laughs> I was wondering where you were gonna go with that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's. I mean, do you do you think it would be genuinely fun to play something like this? I mean, it reminds me of some of the old school. Uh, what was um, the little game with like the penguins and stuff, and you got to pop the ice blocks out sure. without dropping. Yes. Uh, I mean, don't break the ice. Maybe? Don't break the yeah, ice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I mean, it's got the same similar concepts. It just has. Basically, drinking rules added to it. Uh-huh. I I like the fact that it's a game that you could actually still just play without right drinking rules. I mean, hell, you could just do it with drinking milk. Um, I know personally, if you have too much of that, that just that goes down bad yeah. as well. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it. I, I what I want to know is why is everyone kickstarting these things? Because uh, why not, right? Like if you have an idea, you prototype it. You don't even need really need to prototype it. You can just, you just put, you know, put, put some stuff together. Yeah, and then um, if nobody wants to do it, then okay, you're not out any money. Yeah, so right? I know. It's just like I, I like the concept. It looks interesting, and it looks like it could be easily made. I'm just like, why? Right. Like, yeah, this is something I could see. It's Spencer's Gifts giving you money to build and then put in said store. Right. I mean, and I like the concept of adding some a little bit more complexity to simpler games, but it's just why why are you kickstarting this? Right. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Um, where, where are they at at this point? It uh, looks like they're just. Uh, it looked like it was just getting underway. Uh huh. 
I mean, it's nothing. Like I said, nothing too fancy. I mean, they they it's backed at this point, right? It, like, yeah, it's there's about ten days left to go, so I guess they're about two thirds of the way through. Yeah, it's, but they did it. Oh yeah, they did it. I mean. It seems weird that pretty much nowadays, if you put something on Kickstarter, you got it. Well, we'll see, because my one, I don't know. Um, so w- let's go from drinking to sex. Ah, uh, yes, the sexting one. Um, so we go from wine bibbing to, uh, actually, I think it's bibbing. I've, see, I've heard people call it bibbing. Wine. Yeah, in, in, I think it's wine bibbing, yeah. as in imbibe, yeah. yeah. Um, the sext game, a flirty, dirty tabletop party game. Sex game is a card game about texting messages with the word from a card and watching the game go from flirty to dirty. Okay, I'm going to say immediately. Um, Pretty much. Uh, it, yeah, it's immediately going to go dirty. Like, it's not going to, like, progress. Like, that's not a thing that happens. Um, <sighs> all right, so this game, this this game goes until... Friday, April 19th. It is currently, as I'm looking at it, $1,300 pledged of $3,500. Here's what I don't... All right. So I'm just going to overview this. Um, Here are things that strike me as bad about this immediately. Um, Why it's awesome AF. That's a that's a title. That's a that's a title here in the It's the quintessential party game for young adults. Fun, hilarious and entertaining. Set up in minutes, just shuffle the six decks, enter phone numbers and play. It's a blast. Send playful and risque messages minus the awkwardness. Well, minus some because everyone's doing it. All right. So here's what this game is. As far as I can tell, rules. One, the most Thumb happy texture begins as the craved one. The craved one draws a card from the respective of escalation pile. Each player must include the word from the drawn card in a flirty text or written message. The goal is to have your message selected by the craved one as the favorite. If you want to downplay or amp up the escalation within the connotation of your own message, by all means, do it if you think it will be favored. The messages are not sent directly to the craved one. They are texted to the reader who verbalizes each message and sits to the left of the craved one. This this shift focuses to the messages rather than the messengers. The craved one and the reader do not message anyone. The only requirement for the message content is that the words on the card are written within the message. Any form may be used. Up to 60 seconds to type your message. The craved one selects a favorite message. The player must verbalize their selected message to accept the card for the point. Don't text it if you won't say it. Okay, so here's my issue with this. Um, this doesn't need to be a card game. No. Like, this is, you can, like, literally all they're supplying for you are the cards. To write on. Not even to write on. These are just cards with words. And they have some numbers on them, and maybe they're just, like, like, the lower the number, the less dirty it is. But here's the thing. Like, when you think about something like Jackpox... Jackbox party games. Yes. Right? So the way that they work is you sign into a server. All of this stuff is taken care of for you. They've set up an infrastructure for all this stuff. There's a web server. It's actually probably not that hard to do. Yeah. Here, they get around all of that by just saying, like, Bob, you 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 get all the text messages this turn. So everybody text Bob. Your answer, then Bob's going to read them all. And then Michael, like, pick them. And then next turn, Bob will be the person who gets the messages from Sally, who's to the left of him. Yeah. 
they're not actually offering anything. Like, you don't need to buy this game to play this game. All you need is a random selection of dirty words. And you can do that by getting together with a bunch of friends. And agreeing upon their list. And just saying, like, hey, write down 10 dirty words on pieces of paper. We're going to crumple them up, throw them in a hat. And then we'll just pick them and use them. Yes. You literally do not need to buy a game to make this happen. Like, this is, you could just combine, like, charades. Because that's all it is. It's basically just charades plus um, uh, Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, I mean, that. to go back to Beer Bash, uh-huh. this is just another example of, like, listen, I, I love Kickstarter. I love what yep. it does. But these are two prime examples of, in differing ways. Right. Now, is this funded? I, I didn't look. It's not. It's 1300 of $3,500. And I, I'm be real honest. I don't mean any bad sentiment towards the people who made it. I don't think it should be funded. No. Like, I, mean, I, I don't think this is one of those things that needs to be funded. It's way too simplistic. And yeah, like you, you said, you literally just, do it yourself. You built the game with right. uh, some, we'll go to Five Below real quick and right. pick up. Well, we don't even need that. We'll don't go to that. a Dollar Tree. paper, right? Like that's yeah. all you need is paper and, and pencils. Yep. Um, we play this game, my girlfriend, uh, her family plays this game and I really, really like it. And I, I can't remember what we call it, but what you do is you, uh, you sort of scour the house you're in for books that nobody has read. Um, and you bring out like four or five books each that no one has read in the house. Um, and this is good. Like if you're running a house, a vacation house that has books in it. Yeah. So you grab them, you all get together and then you have a bunch of pieces of paper and what you do is each person's turn, like you have the reader or whoever, who reads the the uh, inside flap of the book or the back of the book. And then your job is to write a convincing first line for the book. Mm. Um, and then everybody throws that convincing first line for the book in to, um, into a pile. And then uh, someone reads them all. And then the guesser tries to pick, or everybody tries to pick what they think the book is for uh, is the lines. actual first line of the book because the person who has the book then writes down the actual first line of the book, mm. and so you get points when people pick your first line, Over and you get other. points when you pick the right first line. This does remind me of one of the Jackbox right style games where choose this, that line over the actual one, right? But that also require like that sounds super interesting to me. Uh huh. You're gonna to have to have a bunch of literate people playing a game together, which might be That's, a little bit difficult. So it, it so when we play, it's um, it's my girlfriend who is a you know uh, she works at HR, but she also like she has a degree in art and theater. Yeah. Um, her sister who is a lawyer, her husband who is uh, an NPR like like a public radio um, producer and news host. Gotcha. Um, and then sometimes their eight-year-old son. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it's really obvious what the eight-year-old son's lines are. But it's actually really tough when you get like four educated adults together, playing a yeah. game together um, to, actually, to actually really get it. Um, it, can be, it can be tough. That sounds super interesting. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, uh, especially like just it's a way of like being creative and being, you know, like, and thinking through that stuff. And it, it, it can be a lot of fun. And it's free. Yeah, exactly. Like, you literally don't, like, if you really, really, really want to pay money for it, go to a used bookstore. Everybody grab five, like, dollar, books. five single dollar books. 
and stack up on them yeah. and bring them home. And then now you've all, you know, you have this game for like four nights in a row now to play. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't recommend people back Kickstarters that they can literally do at home yeah. for nothing. Uh, Athena, what have you got for us? Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is this game called Dangerous Times. Yeah, what? and magic in old New York. Yeah, what is this? It's a complete RPG in zine form. Play as intrepid reporters in a 1920s New York filled with speakeasies, crime, and the occult. So, from what I understand, this person created um, this RPG that's in zine form, and you play as a journalist in uh, New York City that's just discovering magic in the 1920s. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Like, I, I mean, that genuinely, that's an interesting take on things. No, I just realized what you named the title of the episode. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what is it? Parrotheads of Siberia. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yes. Back about the zine. RPG well, zine. Yes. Well, this seems to... Is this complete? Yes, they okay. had a four hundred dollar goal, and it's backed to seven thousand dollars right now. Wow, so it's over complete. Yeah, so um, this thing looks like uh, looks like you can get the digital copy in April. Um, soon. Yeah, so maybe they'll go through uh, drive through RPG. Maybe I'll reach out to these people and say like, "Hey, we would like to check this out because it looks really cool." I would play it definitely. It's definitely got the concepts and stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah. Right. I also really like the idea of, um, really like, uh, so this is a thing that Infocom used to do with like Zork and uh, games like that, yeah. where you would get a bunch of information you would learn through um, like feelies. Mm -hmm. So if you went, you might have like um, a pamphlet to a school that you were going to, and you would learn things about the game through that pamphlet. This seems like that's entirely what this is. Uh, that's mm. really, really cool. And I like the art in it, too. It's very simple, but it gives you the feel. Yes, yeah. And it kind of looks like an old newspaper. Yes, yeah, I really, really like that. That's really cool. Um, Chris, give me your your second favorite one here, since we're, we're probably going to run a little long on this. So let's each pick our... Uh, our next favorite one here and, and tackle that. See if we have time for more. This, this is definitely my favorite that I saw all week. Okay. Gloom of Thrones. Yeah. No. <laughs> have you played Gloom? I have played yeah. Gloom. I love Gloom. Uh-huh. I also enjoy Game of Thrones. But yeah. The fact that this Kickstarter starting in like two days from when this record. So April 2nd is when the Kickstarter. So tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. From the frozen lands of the snark to the torrid intrigues of the banisters, <laughs> there is one truth that echoes through the umpteenth kingdoms. Gloom is coming. So basically, if anybody hasn't played Gloom, you're, base, you're uh, up to, what, four or five people, I think, can play at a time? I forget how many. It's actually been a while since I played Gloom. Yeah. I think the last time I played was with four people. Okay. And you have a family, which works really great in right. the Game of Thrones universe. Yep, absolutely. And of course, if you haven't gotten from that little uh, tease I just read right there, it's a parody of the Game of Thrones. So you have the House of Snark, the House of Bannister. Yep. And of course, they're going to name the characters a little off-brand of what uh, George R.R. R. Martin wrote. 
And instead of going after the Iron Throne, you're going after the Porcelain Throne. <laughs> so, and basically, the way the, the concept behind the game is you're trying to kill off your all your family members. Uh huh. Works great once again, Game of right. Thrones. Yeah. And just trying to make them have the gloomiest, most terrible day ever as you're fighting the other families, trying to make them have the best day ever. It's just a very. Right. The backwards concept of it just it makes it a very enjoyable kind of like Adam's family kind of vibe to things. Right. I wonder about the artwork in this because okay, it's 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 okay. It's not it's not Edward Gorey enough for me, which is what the original Gloom was. And I get that that's a hard like that's a that's a difficult line to to walk, which is Game of Thrones plus Edward Gorey. Yeah, they I, they seem to go with a more tongue in cheek humor with right. this, but they also wanted to capitalize on the popularity of the TV show. Yes, so. absolutely. I'm gonna say if you want to do if if you were to mash medieval fantasy and Edward Gorey, what you actually come up with is Hieronymus Bosch. Um, yes, I, I don't know if you know Bosch. He's the <clears throat> He's a Dutch painter from the 15th and 16th centuries who painted the Garden of Earthly Delights. And if you don't know, that's a triptych that's definitely worth checking out. It's very strange, surreal, weird, weird stuff. Uh, I like to show it to my hell class. Um, <laughs> and uh, check out the Garden of... All right, all right, here's the thing. This is a thing worth doing. Check out the Garden of Earthly Delights at some point and look in the bottom left-hand corner of the first... Or sorry, the bottom right-hand corner of the first panel. In a little... There's a little pond. There's a duck reading a book in the Garden of Eden. It's real strange. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, are you looking at it right now? Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, there's, for whatever reason, there's a duck reading a book. Um, but yeah, this uh, I would totally play that. That sounds fun. It's also, I guess it reminds me a little bit of Munchkin as well. It's It's got the same kind of Munchkin uh, where you're stacking cards and powers and everything. Right. But it's... It's got the opposite, and it just seems a little bit more, uh, I guess, with a narrative. Right. I think it's like the tongue-in-cheek nature of it that also reminds me of Munchkin. Um, Cool. So I have two pieces of Star Wars news. Um, What? Yeah. uh, Tell me, sir, is it from Fantasy Flight? Shockingly, Fantasy Flight has a couple of pieces of news this week, and uh, they don't... Well, they're both about Armada, though they did release some information about the tabletop. Um, so remember how we talked about there are three Fantasy Flight Star Wars miniatures games right now? Yes. There's the there's basically the um, the ground troops one. I can't remember what that one's called. Mm-hmm. There's X-wing. Yep. Uh, which is your snub fighters um, and smaller ships, and then you, there's Armada, the capital ships. Well, there is. I believe they're releasing some stuff for the. Uh, I can never remember the name of the, um, uh, the, the, oh, it's, um, Legion, Star Wars Legion is the, and they're releasing, uh, some new sets for that, Clone Wars sets, I think. But Fantasy Flight Games has some announcements for Armada this week. So one of them is that, um, uh, so at Gen Con last year, they announced um, their first, uh, mon- uh, I, I guess, monumental miniature. 24 inches long, a two-foot miniature Super Star Destroyer. <laughs> yes, I definitely did see that. Um, it's been delayed. 
<laughs> I also saw that. Uh, Q3. It, Q3. Yeah, Q3 for this year. Apparently, it takes a lot to build a Super Star Destroyer. And, um, man, a two-foot Super Star Destroyer hanging out just, like, on your tabletop. I can't even imagine. Like, I can't imagine fighting that thing. Like, if you're the Rebellion, how are you going to fight that thing? Ram it. Yeah, well, that's that's. I mean, that's how you handle it in the movies, right? Like you, you just ram all your ships into it. And well, hope you that crash does an A wing into the into the command tower, and then it just explodes on the surface it's, of. Like, um, it's like oh, they hit the emergency explode button. Right. Yes. We exactly. really shouldn't have built that in there. Right. That's always a weakness in the design. Um, this thing looks badass, uh, but yeah, you're gonna have to wait until. Um, until next year, well, not next year. I mean, maybe next year, but right now they're delaying it until um, until Q3. So uh, there's that, and then there's one more piece of news, and that is uh, there's a new campaign expansion for Armada, and this is kind of the cool thing I like about what they've done with this stuff is that they've added campaigns to uh, a couple of these games now. I don't know if they have it in Legion, but I know that X-Wing has some, some stuff in it that you can... Uh, you can sort of uh, play through scenarios, um, and this is um, they are. This is uh, Rebellion in the Rim campaign expansion. It looks really cool. It's got a cool little map that goes along with it. That uh, I guess has a bunch of planets and stuff on it. And um, I don't know. I, I think I'd really like to get into Armada, but it's super expensive. I can't even imagine how much that Superstar Destroyer has got. It's got to be like one hundred and twenty bucks or something oh my like God. that. It's dude mind-boggling how like i'm just looking at just like the starter oh, i'm set sorry yeah yeah um it's two hundred dollars <sighs> yeah it's a two hundred dollar although on amazon if you want uh and you have a prime rewards card you can pay 33 dollars a month for it oh goody yeah just <laughs> for six months you can just pay 33 dollars a for month the, for the low low price of 33 dollars a month for the next six months you can get it yeah exactly six easy payments although this one i don't know why well also i guess like it's not out yet so this is just like a pre-order but there's it's also like 25 dollars shipping on amazon right now what? yeah like it's <laughs> well, uh it's big yeah, it's true. Although I have gotten the tables that you guys are sitting at right now, I got it from Amazon on Prime that with no shipping. So true. Um, <laughs> yes, but the difference is if they drop this table, you don't notice. If they drop that thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, a uh, an interdictor. Whoa, what the hell is this? Right now, apparently on Amazon Prime, right now you can get uh, a Star Wars Armada interdictor for eleven dollars. It's usually forty bucks. Wow. I uh I love an interdictor. Looks like they're having uh, they looks like they're kind of having a big sale on this stuff right now. You can get victory. I wonder if they changed the rules for these and these are older versions. But like yeah, you can get like a victory class star destroyer right now for 12 bucks on I wonder if these are regular prices. What's happening here? Oh, a Nebulon B frigate for eight dollars? Oh no, we're losing him. Yeah, you are. You are totally <laughs> going down the, yeah. the rabbit hole. I'm like, oh, maybe I could get into Star Wars Armada. Maybe that's <laughs> Josh. You don't have the room, man. It's not that, it's not that expensive, apparently. You um, have a problem. Yeah, they do seem to be having some big ass sale here because this is like eight dollars for a frigate. It's usually twenty bucks. So, <laughs> um, anyway. So that's whew, all right. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Back away, I'm sir. Gonna, I'm gonna just close my uh, my Amazon tabs here. Uh, all right. So that's that's my second one. Athena, what's your what's your 
next one you definitely want to get in here. Okay, the next one I really want to talk about is called Freedom. Uh, and for those of you who didn't know, March 25th was Greek Independence Day. Oh. And I'm saying that because this game was posted on March 27th. I don't know if that's a coincidence, but it's about the Greek city of Mesolongi uh, has outright rebelled against the Ottomans. They want a free Greek state while the Ottomans want to maintain control. Okay. And, and I like historical games. I think yeah. they're really fun, especially when it's about my history. Dad. Sure. But um, what's cool about this game is that it's a two-player game, and you don't get a lot of those. Right. And it's about it's a siege game, which I haven't really played before. So yeah. one of you plays the city and how the inhabitants of it are trying to survive and uh, fight the opposing forces. And the other one is playing the Ottomans who are trying to go in and take it over. Right. Yeah. This looks really cool. I yeah. Do, the I, art of it is really beautiful as well. I yeah. do enjoy the asymmetrical style games. Yep. yep. Which this seems to be. Yeah, this is really interesting, actually. Um, huh. I And they're not backed yet. They have, when this goes up, they'll have about nine days to go, and they look like they're about 80% of the way there, I would say, just about 80% of the way there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this looks really cool. I'm actually surprised it hasn't, it hasn't gotten fully backed yet. Yeah, I, I think I will back it, because it does seem cool. Okay, so here. Okay, so here's the problem. Here's why it hasn't been backed yet. I'm going to be really honest. They have only one level that you can back at. Yeah, I did see that. That's it. You can just buy the game. Okay, so that makes sense. Yeah, they. they it's sort of a. It looks like a really cool game and a poorly planned Kickstarter. Um, Definitely the first time they've ever probably used Kickstarter before. Yeah, I mean, for something like this, you want you want to have a bunch of different levels where you know, like back something for fifteen bucks, and maybe you get a, you know, a PDF or something like that. Um, that's the I don't know. I don't know what you would do. I'd have or to like sit and think art about art like book, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Like a PDF of the art. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good a pretty good one. Um, yeah, that's uh, well. I hope they. I hope they back because I would. I would like to play that game at some point. Um, cool, uh, Chris. Do you have one more? I think we got. We got time for that. Well, I guess I'll go right along the same uh, route you did with talking about something that you would have to blow a, a bunch of money on. Sure. And that would be, of course, Games Workshops uh-huh. has released a new uh, a new updated faction book for the Chaos. Order for Warhammer 40k, uh-huh. and I just uh, I'm a big 40k nerd, and the fact that they're you know updating, adding more figurines is just near and dear to my heart. And I'm I'm a big fan of chaos and bringing the corn and Nurgle and Slanesh <laughs> and all the all uh-huh. the dark gods to the universe. I'm a I'm a big fan of. Them. I'm curious to see uh, exactly how they're once again updating it, but. Uh, it's, it's it's like you with Armada. It's like I yeah. would love to. Yep. Then you just sit there and you calculate the money and you're like, yep. wow, I don't have the money or the time really. Yeah. This is when really inexpensive, easily roll out like roll out mats, like digital mats, will change everything. Oh my gosh! Right, that, like that, and being able like using like the roll twenty yep. systems on computers and everything. 
It on just, like an easily rollout mat, like just to even well, even yeah, I mean more on like a mat that you can roll out on the table. But even if even AR man, like yes. you know, like the idea of like I'm looking at the armies on the table using your Google Glass. Yes, exactly. Yeah, your your Microsoft whatever what whatever they call the hell that, that was. Yeah, I forget. Can't remember what it was called. But uh, but yeah, like that that sort of thing. I would. Oh. That would be just, amazing. Just the save on the space. Yep, the save on the space, the physical material stuff. And also, like, imagine painting your armies that way. You know, just going through and being like, you Instead know. Instead of my clumsy-ass hand, just yeah. like, they're all red. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I dipped these in red. red. <laughs> Blood of my enemies. I just bought, yep. I bought a can of paint at Lowe's, uh-huh. and now I'm just <laughs> dipping them in. There yep. they go. Shake it off. We're good to go. Yep. <laughs> there are... Uh, there are people who who basically all they do is paint figurines for a living on uh that are like on Instagram and stuff. That oh yeah, I've are, seen. Uh, I follow like, a few. Yeah, um, just rolling over in their well, in their in their bedrooms now, not the, their graves because they're alive. Rolling um, over their art studios. Yeah, exactly. Describe how I do my painting. Yeah, I, mean, I thought about doing that for a hot second, and I painted a few figures, and my back hurt so bad. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, no. I've it. seen the chair you sit on. I th- Think you might need to invest in a better chair. <laughs> Whatever. But getting a pillow from downstairs and putting it on the chair doesn't count. Um, yeah, nice ergonomic chair yeah. that you can sit in. Um, all right, I have I have one more. This is from WizKids. Star Trek conflict in the neutral zone. Um, WizKids is pleased to announce the upcoming release Star Trek Conflict in the Neutral Zone, a new flicking game based on the iconic Star Trek universe. In this two-to-four player game, players will take the helm of either Klingon or Federation ships battling for control over the neutral zone where planets rich in dilithium crystals have been discovered. Players will collect energy resources, but uh, buy more ships and acquire command points in order to take control and win the game. Each turn, players will take a variety of actions, including collecting dilithium crystals, moving through the board... And attacking other players by flicking discs, representing ships across the board. Additionally, asteroids can be moved in order to obstruct the opponent's progress, bringing you closer to victory. Um, it's it's a game where you just flick discs across the board, and for whatever reason, it's Star Trek. Um, of course. Yeah. You know what? I always wondered. How do you play with Pogs, and is this similar? I don't think so. So I think Pogs is like you build a stack of Pogs, and then you throw a slammer at them. Okay, I... Yeah, this is more... So this is more akin, I'm guessing. This is like marbles, but without the round it's marbles. It's sort of like marbles, and it's sort of like that football game that we would all play when, when we you were fold like... It up, yeah. You fold up a piece of paper into it, and you flick Just it across the... Yeah. Yep, yep, that's yeah. exactly what it is, but with a... Star Trek. Yeah, right, exactly. Branded. You're just like flicking it across, hoping to get the edge right over the edge. And then and you then... got to sit there and spin it if yep. it gets to the edge. Yep, I exactly. Um, so, yeah, so Star Trek Conflict. Uh, all right, Athena, <laughs> do you have one more? Um, I do, but I also wanted to talk about a couple panels at SenkaiCon. I don't know if you wanted to add it earlier. Yeah, why don't we... Um... Why don't we, we do that now then? Okay. Talk talk to us. So that'll do it for news, and then um, we'll return to our um, we'll return to our panel discussion. And uh, tell tell me about these panels. So I just want to talk about because it is an a- it was an anime convention, but there were quite a few gaming 
specific board gaming panels that I went to. So I just want to let people know that if you have an itch for tabletop gaming, you might want to look at your local anime conventions because there might be some things for you there. They did have a couple of DMing 101, tabletop DMing 101. I didn't go to those because I'm not ready to DM. Okay. Um, and late at night, there was one that I didn't end up going to, but I really wish I did. It was called Nat 20, the audience-driven adult role-play game, 18+. Okay. <laughs> it's called, uh, you can read, Step bravely, dear traveler, for you're about to enter Zenkai Khan's dangerously fun live action parody D&D campaign. Step in and take the reins as our party ventures on. How will you defeat the busty princess and her sidekick, Sex Appeal? Will you escape from the clutches of Tumblr? Come find out what surprises we have in store for you. So, like, stuff like that, which I thought was really funny. But um, two of the actual panels that I did go to that I was really surprised at how good they were because I was like, that's an anime convention. How great of a, you know, how deep into the table topping can they get? were by <laughs> you what know is, i mean what do those anime, anime nerds, nerds know, know. About, yeah um were from they were presented by rim from geek nights okay and they have a podcast over that's been going on for i think over a decade now and they have presented these same panels at a lot of other cons uh PAX, PAX East, and also PAX Unplugged this past um, November, was it? And they're actually online. Like, you can look them up and watch those panels that were um, recorded. The first one was the top 40 tabletop games you should play. Okay. And they start off the, um, the panel with, these are not the best these are not perfect games, but they do uh, illustrate the different kind of games you can play and what they can, um, what you can learn from them. Okay. And I actually saw a lot of games I had never heard about or played. Uh huh. And I'm really itching to try a few of them now. Cool. And the next one was called Play Dirty to Win. Uh huh. And that one wasn't only about tabletop gaming, it was also about regular. Um, video gaming rim also plays a lot of fps's which i'm not a huge fan of but i'm i play here and there and he was talking about you weren't technically cheating but you're almost at that line at times on how to like be smarter than everyone else around you but he did give a, a few very good tips on how to really get an edge if you really want to win it was like you're not playing to have a good time. You're playing to win. But um, he was pretty... Yeah, that's, I, I no, have no, some but, issues with that. No, no, no. But only if you ever go to it as... I don't know. You need to watch the video because I'm going to okay. say it was in a very fun way that we were... Okay. He was presenting that. Gotcha. Like if you're playing with some really good friends and you want to mess with them. Okay. All right. Like one of yeah. one of the tips was like, if it's really bad, you can always accidentally flip the table. Uh-huh. But not really. Gotcha. Uh, doing the more tongue-in-cheek, like how to properly take care of your children. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, like, yeah, it sounds like it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, and I, I highly recommend those panels and those guys. You should check them out. They're really fun. Yeah, the, apparently you can find them. It's not geeknights.com. It's um, Geek Nights Podcast. You can find them at frontrowcrew.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, do you have anything else you want to bring up this week? No, I think we uh, we covered a lot of bases here. And- sure. Uh, good. Yeah, because I don't really have anything left to say to you people. Yeah. Um <laughs> Until we record the next episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, the um, So this week on the All Ports Open Network, we have, uh, let's see, today is Monday. So tomorrow on Tuesday, we have Audio Dungeons Riddles in the Dark. Uh, they have uh, episode three this week, Winters and Losers. Um, so that, that show uh, is progressing along nicely, and that's all a lot of fun. Uh, Audio Dungeon, you can check them out on YouTube as well. They have a video version of their podcast. Thursday, uh, Ben and Mel on Pot of Love are doing a new storyline, uh, but apparently, so it's it's apparently like a basically, I think it's a normal storyline featuring Hannah and Liam, two new characters, but apparently it's somewhat influenced by the paranormal romance storyline that they've been doing. Oh, God. I know. <laughs> Uh, also, it's confirmed. They are ghost-focused uh, on that show. No nice. vampires, no zombie love. Uh, they're, they have a real myopic view of the supernatural. Yeah, they just got I'm ghost, cool with that. ghost Ben leaning around, ghost uh, living Mel helping shape that clay pot. That is your one... <laughs> Yeah, I'm sick of hearing that. Every time you bring it up, that's just what pops in my head. That is your go-to over and over and over and over. I will beat that joke into the ground until it's Uh no longer funny. I would like to see them tackle zombies, though, and vampires. Like, vampires would definitely be cringy, but I just want to see how they would do it. And then zombies is just gross, but also interested in how they would do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, On Friday, we've got uh, The Adventures of Lord Dinby Witherspoon, Duke of Space, Episode 13 of of Season 1, The Missing Lord Numshore. Wrapping up that uh, that series before a new one starts the following week. And then uh, this coming Saturday on No Avatars Allowed, uh, we have uh, episode 56, Virtue's Conclusion. Uh, we are talking about The Sims 2, Ascension Online, Mutant Year Zero, and we're talking about wrapping up a discussion on justice. So that's this week on the All Ports Open Network. And... Um, yeah, so that will do it. You can find us at www.allportsopen.com. You can email us at podcasts at allportsopen.com. You can find us on Twitter at allportsopen. And if you want to come and comment on the show, we've got forums on the website. You have to become a member. Athena actually commented on something, which is great. Uh, Chris doesn't even have a profile yet. Huh? Um, <laughs> can't even get our own staff to, to make things. You're, we're cutting your pay, Chris. <laughs> Oh, no. Does that mean I got to pay you to be here? It does, actually. You now owe me a dollar a month to be on this network. Um, You actually already do that since you're a Patreon. (laughs) Aha! (laughs) Winner. Um, Where's your Patreon? (laughs) Uh, So uh, that is that for getting in touch with us. And uh, we will be back next week. So for Ms. Athena Scabie, for Mr. Chris Zomsky, I've been your host, Joshua Wise, telling you until we see you again. We're going to keep that signal strong. Welcome to Pod.
of love. The commercial version. Our fun, funny, fun commercial where we tell you about our awesome podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Ben. And on the podcast, Pod of Love, you can listen to us, a husband and wife super team. Super. Playing a bunch of romance, actual play games, board games, and RPGs. We play Fog of Love, we play Starcross, we play other romance games for your enjoyment. And we talk about ghosts too much. Check us out on the All Ports Open Network, allportsopen.com. Our episodes drop every Thursday. Pick them up!